Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It's Monday, it's the wind-up, the latest video games, the biggest talking points, the juiciest leaks and rumors for the gaming week. I'm Scott Hilford, joined by Josh Brown. Good morning, Scott Selford. Good morning and good afternoon, good evening and good night. We thought we would talk about the latest video games and different stuff. And I hear little Dicky Bird told me that you've traded Far Cry 6 in. Oh, dude, I've got a, I've got a big, not a big story about this, but I had <laughs> a bit of an existential crisis over the weekend. Not to start the pot off on a too much of a dark note, but yeah, I was thinking Fair about enough. it all week because, you know, we covered um, Far Cry 6. I keep calling it Far Cry 5. That's how That's little what you I wish think it was, of it yeah. as a sequel. It's what I wish <laughs> it was. Yeah, we talked about it on Monday. We went into a bit more depth on um, Wednesday. I played it for a bunch more hours since then. I think I put about 12 hours in all told and i was just not enjoying it because it was frustrating it was you know really lovingly put together but Mm -hmm. i kind of got into this routine with it where i was you know blowing up the AA guns and i was going from one story beat to another and all of the missions were very samey at least the ones i was doing then and i got to this point where i realized and i'm going to jump into something a bit more um bit deeper i suppose i want to open this up to you and whoever's listening but Mm -hmm. over the pandemic especially i feel like i have personally used video games and i've talked about this a lot Mm -hmm. as a means to kind of occupy my mind in a in a a way that other media and other actions haven't been able to do when i'm playing Mm -hmm. a video game i'm thinking about the video game you know i don't even have time to think about problems myself all of that all of that jazz and it became a real coping mechanism for me to help improve my mental health during you know a really difficult time and i found almost that over the past year, over the past two years even, I've kind of used games increasingly in that way. And I kind of got to a moment with it over the weekend where I was just thinking, am I playing this because I enjoy it? Or am I playing it because it is a bit of escapism and it's stopping me um, from, you know, having to deal <laughs> with any of the things that are making me down and bummed in my real life? And I mm-hmm. kind of just had this moment where I wanted rid of it, not necessarily because of the game itself, it's because of the baggage I was bringing to it, but I just wanted to be free of it. And I'm starting from now to try and improve my gaming habits and only play stuff that I actually want to play and that I'm interested in, because this goes into a deeper thing in a second that I want to touch on, but I'll let you speak in a second, sorry. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I just kind of got to this position where I was like, I don't always have to have a game that I'm playing. I don't have to Mm. occupy my time in that way. I can do other things. I can watch movies. I can read books. I can do things that are actually interesting me in the moment and not just use games as a means to occupy my time because I love games so much that I don't want to reduce them to just that. Like I love games for the artistry. I love games for the mechanics. I love games for the story, the characters, all of that stuff. And I realized I was just viewing them as this kind of very simplistic thing. Well, Um, 
as a crutch, like I was saying, you know? You know, the thing is, though, like, of all the games that would remind you of that mindset of, like, oh, my God, I'm just going through stuff. I'm just going through the motions. Far Cry 6 yeah. is the most one of those games, in maybe ever. Like, it is yeah. the most... Like, I, I like what it brings to the table, but what it brings to the table is a, a very specific itinerary of things that you've already had. Like, it's just, it is literally just a checkbox list of stuff to do for the sake of doing stuff. That's all it is. I viewed it as, like, the, the fast food game. It's my podcast game. And for me, that, like, it kind of just def- defaults to being its strength because I just if I just don't want to think I don't want to watch a story or get immersed in something don't have anything with any real purpose I'll play Far Cry 6 yeah and I, and I again I, I want to kind of stress that I don't think it necessarily has to be that game no. and if people are getting a lot out of it that's cool in my specific situation I wanted it gone because it was stopping me from playing games that I actually wanted to play like I really <laughs> wanted to go back to Alan Wake Remastered but you I said Ori in the Blind of, Forest a bit weird though. I don't but... know what that is I've never <laughs> heard of that game or that series uh, but I sort of had this obligation in my head when I was playing it I was thinking well it's like a big release we've been so starved for big releases mm-hmm. this year I've got to finish it. I've got to see what Giancarlo Esposito is going to do I've got to see <laughs> all of this game and then I kind of had a moment of realization of I don't you know I put 12 hours into it I paid full price for it you know I've seen a lot of it I've done the work like mm. it shouldn't become work you know yeah. playing games yeah, yeah, yeah. should be fun even though it's our job obviously you know mm. we should be obligated to just suffer through not suffer through things but uh you know <laughs> play a full thing to completion mm-hmm. just because just so we can kind of talk about it when we can talk about it when, when in and of itself maybe getting bored 10 hours in and trading it in is in itself a talking point well, the thing is like point, you know? This is this is like a wider conversation in regards to like how much should you keep up with as a games journalist and like I for the longest time would try and I do I try and keep up with everything I buy literally every last goddamn thing like I almost I didn't even realize Guardians of the Galaxy was out tomorrow I just said to you before we started recording that as soon as I saw that I was like I can get on that at midnight I can do a few hours. no stop it just wean the toxin out of my system and um, but I do like to try and keep up with as much stuff as possible I think that that mentality or that reality clashes with obviously the reality of what we've gone through for the last twenty odd months but also. Also, like I said, I'm going to bring it back to the reality of what Far Cry 6 is. It is the most checkbox similar style game ever. You know, you just know to the core that there's no reason to stick around unless you're enjoying those specific gameplay loops over and over again. And like you said, you've already put enough time in anyway where we can do this conversation. You could absolutely have a massive conversation on Far Cry 6, but I think you could almost have the same conversation after about half an hour with that game. And, you, know, <laughs> you wouldn't even need three to, unless there is like some specific Giancarlo Esposito reveal scene later or something, like a very specific plot scene. But yeah, I think um, it depends because I think that Ubisoft have very much like pigeonholed themselves into this checkbox. They're almost like their own little weird genre. It's like you know what you're getting from them. It's like you know that from Nintendo you're getting a, a rule of three thing for a boss fight. And you sort of know that what, that's what you're getting from Ubisoft um, is this just list of stuff to do. And almost in a Death Stranding sense, like that's quite satisfying in terms of like you know what you're doing and you know how you can get through it. And it's manageable and quantifiable, but it's also boring as hell if it doesn't work for you. That's it. It's only if it doesn't click. Like all the power to anyone who it has clicked with and is really enjoying it. Like <laughs> I, I think that's really amazing. Like I wish it was me. I wish it had clicked. But it's kind of like in the way that Death Stranding clicked, and I was in mm. that. I was just kind of trying to be in it in the same way, trying to be in Far Cry Six in the same way. Yeah, but it didn't get me in on that kind of level that I needed to. So mm. I was just kind of deconstructing it in my head as I went. And it's Ooh. kind of like it's a certain point whether you're a games journalist, whether you're a games YouTuber, whether you're just a games fan. Like you, you don't have, you don't, you're not. not get to go through anything you can you can just drop it and then do something you, <laughs> you want to can do. live 
your life. I think that there's a, like, that's, that, that's a whole, again, it's a whole wider conversation, but I think a lot of like self-reflection came out of the last sort of 20 odd months in regards to literal life purpose. Like if I'm sitting down and playing something for hours on end um, and X thing could happen to me tomorrow, then have I spent my time in the right way? And I never used to think entirely about that before, but I think that like, yeah, the last sort of, it is almost going to be two years, like next March, it'll be two years. Um, or we're coming up on two years since the uh, COVID was first discovered and stuff. So it is coming up on that time. But yeah, I think it does make you have a whole bunch of self-reflective conversations um, or opinions on, yeah, exactly the right way to spend your time. And all of this is to say that maybe Far Cry 6 isn't the most rewarding way to spend your life on this earth. It's a fun, fast food <laughs> time. Um, but that's about it. I think in regards to the wider, how much stuff should you keep up with stuff, um, that almost falls on the games themselves to be worth playing when there's so many other things going on. And uh, Far Cry 6, like I said, it serves a very specific thing. Um, but that's it. But all of this is to say that you, you've traded in Far Cry 6. You feel better for it? You can feel better the weight. The weight is lifted. It really does feel like a weight is lifted because now I've got Alan Wake to play. I'm going to get the Outer Wilds DLC. I'm going to wait on the reviews of um, Guardians because I am interested in that. If it gets good reviews, I'll The love of the sweet lord, pick up Metroid Dread, pal. The weekend. I will pick up Metroid Dread eventually, but that's the thing, man. Like, there's so much capital C content in today's age (laughs) that it's it's like the biggest, you know, 1% problem, I suppose. You get overwhelmed by how much you've got to keep up on. But when you're online all the time, when when we're talking to video game fans all the time, it just feels like there's so much to get to. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, from now on, I'm going to obviously try to hit the biggies for so we can make, have enjoyed make the hashtag content like this. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, it's cool if you just want to play a bit of Alan Wake and then also watch <laughs> The Woman in Black on a night. Like, that's awesome. Like, split your time like that. Yeah. So it feels it feels good to not have this obligation to finish Far Cry 6 anymore. It feels feels very nice indeed. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think all of this is, a, for me, it's more of a reflection on just what Far Cry 6 brings to the table, which is yes. not very much, um, as opposed to, like, it can be a wider comment on how much you want to keep up with stuff in general. But I think if it was, if, it, if Far Cry 6 had more to it, then you would have more, it would be a more complex conversation as to the realities of how much you want to keep up with and how much you want to talk oh, yeah, about. Totally. But you like, like I said, you you know all of Far Cry Six within like an hour, um, yeah, if that. It's, it's telling that Far Cry Six was the game that kind of like sparked all of this. Mm. Like you said, I think Ben Roy said a really interesting thing, maybe in a previous podcast, maybe when we were just talking out at the pub one day. But he said essentially <laughs> like, you get one big Ubisoft game a year, and if you try to have more than that. You sort of see the, mm. the seams being stitched together. And for me, my one big <laughs> Ubisoft game this year was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I put mm. 70 hours in. So when oh. I'm 12 hours into Far Cry 6, I just think, I can't do this again. This well, is such a similar experience. That was the thing. I, I did all of the last Ubisoft game, that I, I, off the top of my head, that I think I finished, at least in Assassin's Creed's case, was Assassin's Creed or, uh, Origins. Because I really wanted yeah. to see what was happening with the story. And obviously, they ended up separating and it was then it was in the dlc and then they were like actually the actual story of the hidden blade is in odyssey and so but i finished origins and i put like 60 70 hours into that and then odyssey was the um the quickest game that came around after that it was like only like five or six months after origins they did all of that again and obviously it was more action focused and stuff and that was the first time i was like i can't do another one of these straight away i've just done this like this is this is crazy well, this is kind of, you know, in a wider conversation that we're going to touch on soon about mm-hmm. um, open worlds and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, when I was c- considering trading it in, I want to kind of like stress that, you know, trading in, in games is not exactly, you know, a new or original. So the term I've thing. heard for 40 years. <laughs> it's just that me personally, you know, I've talked about this on podcasts, I've talked about this with yeah, you before. Mm-hmm. I It's so rare for me to not finish a game. Like when I start something, I almost feel compelled in my brain to get to the end of it so I can, you know, bank it and finish it, say I complete it 
appreciate it. And I was kind of like thinking back to the games that I haven't finished, which are very few. And the vast majority of them were Ubisoft games. It was stuff like uh, Watch Dogs 2. It was stuff like Assassin's Creed Unity, Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed Odyssey. Um, now this Far Cry 6. Um, you know, it was all oh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. It was all Ubisoft games. And I was like, that was that's because they're all the same game in and of itself. Because, yeah, they pack so much stuff in. And um, we kind of briefly touched upon it when we talked about the Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla mm-hmm. um, experience earlier this year, but there's so much of it. It's almost like Ubisoft doesn't even expect you to finish those games. It mm. just gives you a buffet and it's like, go nuts for a little bit. If you well, get to the end, cool. <laughs> yeah, I do think underneath all of this, there's a worthwhile conversation to be had in brevity and focus and like game design, not just being a bunch of stuff. Because I feel yeah. like the, the opulent side of how much money Ubisoft make goes into that them just the coding department just being told just make everything just make a humongous amount of stuff and that's how we'll give people um bang for their buck just sheer literally quantity over quality um and it's been a thing for years um but i think the far cry 6 was very much the tipping point and obviously the coverage around far cry 6 centered on that a lot um i like it but it, it is just that turn your brain off dumb podcast it's just it's literally and this is the biggest insult to it as well as the reason i like it it's just something to do with my hands while i listen to a podcast not to make it filthy but it literally is it's just something i can play while i'm listening to a podcast that's all it is and that is the most damning thing i can say but that's also the only that seems to be the only thing that they want it to be anyway Speaking of specific purposes, though, and things to, f- fandoms to fulfill, um, last week was the reveal of the GTA trilogy, the definitive edition. It's a big old thing. And so they showed off a minute of gameplay on uh, Friday afternoon. Um, but we kind of thought we'd talk about the reality of how GTA has aged over the years. Because for me, I love old school GTA. I love when it was cartoony. I love when there was stunt ramps everywhere. There was slow motion triggers that you could jump into. I love when it was more over the top. Um, and it was... Almost like Rockstar did this by accident, but the mission design was just, this dude needs killing, this car needs stealing, this thing needs blowing up, and you just do it however you want. And the way that that makes you think, where it's like, okay, I'm going to go buy a sniper rifle, and I'm going to shoot the dude from across the map, I'm going to fly a plane into the side of this van, and that's how I'm going to destroy this convoy. Um, and the game will recognize all that stuff. And, um, you know, putting a bomb in one of the cars and then the character gets into it and they blow themselves up because that's the mission trigger, but they, they don't, they're not coded to recognize there's a bomb in the car. Things like that that I feel like Rockstar got the F away from over the years. And, and especially for something like Red Dead Redemption 2, it just became go here, do exactly this. And if you deviate from that path, you've failed because you've gone outside the zone or whatever else. And so yeah. bring it all the way, the way back to like, <laughs> that I opened this on. Um, I love this period in GTA and I spent my weekend playing GTA GTA 3 in San Andreas, and um, specifically because it just reminds me of how much I love this old school design. I don't know how much you agree with that, though. I personally like latter day Rockstar. I like mm. the grandiosity of the cinematic story. All those shipping containers, mate. And I don't necessarily like the shipping containers, <laughs> but I like a lot of what they do with their, their mission structure and stuff. Mm. But that still doesn't mean I don't have a fondness for the originals. The thing is, and I think the biggest difference is, I played the GTA trilogy, as it were, GTA 3, San Andreas, um, and by C, when I was so young and well before <laughs> I should have. I must have been like 10 years old playing oh. those games, uh-huh. if not younger. So I don't actually know necessarily those games as they were intended, if that makes sense. The majority of my memories, even though I've been through them all properly, the mm. majority of my memories center around using them as a sort of toy box, as a sandbox yeah. to just kind of go nuts in, mm. turn all the cheats on and just have a lot of fun. Like they were just a vector for kind of like that creativity, which mm. is very cool. 
But it meant that, um, you know, when I think back of the biggest things that impacted me as a kid growing up, you know, I think of Metal Gear 1 and 2. I mm. think of other games that are escaping me now that I know were really good. Um, <laughs> you know, I think of like the stories and stuff. Where Smackdown 2, Know Smackdown, Your Role. There you here go. Comes the Pain, Smackdown, No Way Out, all that stuff. <laughs> um, the GTA trilogy is obviously there because I played so much of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely prefer and when I'm ranking my top games of all time, the games that Rockstar went on to make, you know, your Max Payne really? 3s, your Red Dead Redemption 2s, your GTA 5s, your, even oh. your GTA 4s to an extent. Like from probably Red Dead Redemption 1 onwards, that's like my favorite era of Rockstar. That's that's fascinating because like I, you know what you played when you were 10 years old? I was playing the original top-down GTA. I still remember having this sit down in the, in uh, in my uh, living room with my parents as uh, ninth, the 1975's John Woff sat next to me convincing my parents <laughs> that it was uh, that Wait, it was worth playing. Just, I'm dropping him in. My one of my old best in. mates. That is John awesome. Woff. Playing the old, uh, playing the old saxophone, but um, yeah, yeah, we we both sat down and discovered GTA at the at the at the same time, and um, but yeah, so I, I came on board with GTA from the top down two D days, and by the time GTA three came around, I was on that revolution. Oh my god, this is the best thing ever. This feels like another world to check into, and um, and GTA three, Vice City, San Andreas are easily some of the most fondest memories I've got in my life. Like I absolutely love those old games, um, for everything that they represent, from the music to the characters to like just the tone of those worlds. But it is in the mission designer is in the way that you play them um, and the thing that I always love because there's an interview with Dan Hauser where he talked to the Guardian about like how much their um, their identity changed over the years and he just said that they went down that sort of cartoony route because that was all they could render because like, once you've done a world to a certain size you can't do it realistically um, and part of them always wanted or part of him he always wanted to do uh, more cinematically focused stuff more Hollywood chasing stuff which they were able to do from GTA 4 onwards but then you also yeah. have that like split thing for Rockstar as a company where for GTA 5 it was way more kind of crazy and slapstick again um, and it was more over the top um, and obviously Red Dead Redemption 2 is a massive comment on playing the games as anarchic as possible versus playing them properly and so but for me like I adore that old school period that period where it felt like a garage band where it felt like the initial they're like a punk band or a metal band or something and it's just it's all garage energy where it's just sort of what can we do and obviously it was DMA design initially and then uh, the Hauser Brothers helped greenlight DMA's uh, original Grand Theft Auto it was like Race and Chase it became GTA and whatever but you know the Hauser's became more involved in it um but that period where it was the initial grand theft auto 3d trilogy and then just putting their money into bully into manhunt uh, into the warriors that period between like 2000 and 2006 i think it is um is my favorite period in rockstar history and that's what i think of yeah. when i think of rockstar i don't think of the the bolted on on the rails style cinematic stuff um i like that they went there but for me there's nothing anywhere near as enjoyable as those old school games when there was such a scrappy ramshackle approach to those games that i just absolutely love well this is the beauty of it man like i feel like when we're talking about rockstar i don't Mm. think there's necessarily a wrong answer i mean you Mm. might um, argue otherwise when i get into why i like gta (laughs) 5 style more but you know i fully agree with everything you've just said Mm. i love the diversity in the portfolio which we haven't been um shy about saying on news videos in the past you know like Mm. you said rockstar greenlighting so many games and working on so many games yeah outside of the gta um trilogy which they pumped out really fast and managed Mm. to maintain and 
element of quality. Yeah, I fully agree also that there was a time where they were almost the underdogs, even though yes. they were incredibly successful. They could position that more authentically than they can now when they are at the very top mm-hmm. of the video game industry, making absolutely insane. <laughs> Not even the video game industry, any any entertainment industry across the globe. I think they, they make more money uh, in an individual day. I think it was it was $18 million they make every day or something. It might be billion. Right. It can't be billion. It was a lot of money that they make every single day anyway. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you just have to look at the continuing success of GTA 5 and its sales to like, mm-hmm. just know that. Yeah, they're definitely not the underdogs anymore. And um, that said, though, for me, the games that have resonated the most have been when they kind of took all of that money and then made the more considered games, the mm. bigger games, the more lavish games, because, you know, I'm a sucker for detail. I'm a sucker for, um, you know scope when it's done well and it's not just a far cry gimmick of throwing a bunch <laughs> of uh checklists at you so when we got to red dead redemption one and i liked gta 4 that was the first gta that i got day one and loved mm. i remember everyone at my school talking about it and i wasn't really bothered at first because like i said i played the others but they mm. hadn't left a huge impact on me then gta 4 came out and i played that to death loved it even though it was kind of like wonky and what it set out F to do that game's they, driving Yes, 100%. But then they kind of like took what they learned from that to make Red Dead Redemption 1. Mm. And for me, that was the game changer. That was the game where I just thought everything you're doing now is resonating with me from a gameplay perspective, from a setting perspective, from a mechanical Mm. perspective, from a story perspective, character perspective, atmosphere perspective, music perspective. (laughs) All the different perspectives were nailed. Mm -hmm. And even though I do lament that they haven't made many games since then, I do think each one has been a banger in its own right. And Mm. even GTA 5 for me is a great meld of the personality that came before and the modern rockstar game design. And I know that might be an unpopular opinion to an extent, but I really, really did like GDA 5. When I- Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. 
came out. My thing with Five is that it felt like it, it felt like older people trying to recapture their youth. Like it felt like mm-hmm. when a punk band goes back on tour and tries to play the classics and they can't, the attitude's not there anymore. They're just going through the motions. Um, there was a time that I saw Aerosmith live when they first returned for the first time, and you could tell they were there for the money. And it just that's my was my whole thing with GTA Five was that the, the torture sequence that was in there, um, the like the like, a, like the way that a lot of it was written. Um, it just felt like it was trying to be shock for shock's sake, or it was trying to be memorable for memorable sake, and it just didn't have that sort of weird nefarious Dennis the Menace style like Bart Simpson <laughs> innocence that the older games had um, where they're just sort of stumbling around trying different things and different missions if you play GTA 3 which I, like I just said I did this weekend you play those games now um, you can literally and we're not obviously we're not game designers but you can literally see what they thought of it's like okay um, there's going to be a, a heist sequence you're going to be in this car we're going to trigger 10 different vans to all come at you at one time um, figure it out and you sort of just you do that and say, well I'm actually going to I'm going to hop out this van that I'm in and I'm going to go around the corner, get a bazooka and blow them all up, or I'm going to try and escape, or I'm going to do whatever. And like, because it was so, um, you know, early in, in, in the, all of their careers, for me, it worked in their favor because it meant that it sparked all the imagination on your side. I know that's what I just mentioned before about different ways you can tackle missions, but um, the more cinematic they got, the more on rails they got. And I feel like the bigger they got, the more they had to ensure that people have a great experience with their games. Um, yeah. Not that people weren't before necessarily, um, but I know that the completion rates are quite low for the, old, the older GTAs. Um, and so I feel like they kind of needed to, to tell you where to go, to which weapon to use, how to take someone out. Um, the thing is, I mentioned that window before, you know, until 2006. I might extend that uh, or at least cherry pick because I do adore Red Dead Redemption. That might be my favorite Rockstar game overall. It's it's, it's right next to GTA 3. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 was too cinematic and too slow and too sludgy for my liking. Um, but like, but Max Payne 3 as well, arguably the best writing in Dan Houser's career, like just absolutely phenomenal character writing um, for Max himself. So like there are little pockets of when they, they managed to nail that cinematic gameplay um, blend, but the old school GTAs are gameplay first. They're like 90-10 splits of gameplay to everything else. And I mean, you know, the, some of the games you cherry pick there, you know, mm. Max Payne 3 especially, mm. you know, in my opinion, one of the best third-person shooters of all time. Yep. But also, you can see why they've never made it again because of just how difficult it was to get that balance right. Like, anyone else doing Max Payne 3 mm. would have knocked it out in, like, three years or something, two <laughs> years, if that. But it took Rockstar ages. That game was constantly delayed. They mm. pumped so much money into it. There was a bit the marketing of marketing was a disaster as well. The marketing was a disaster, a bit of controversy behind the scenes coming off Red Dead Redemption 1 about crunch and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it obviously, you know, took them a lot of effort, time, and human spirit to get that game out. So part of me, like, kind of viewing that side of it, it makes me agree with you more, where I'm like, yeah, you can... Does does the game justify everything that was put in with it? Does it justify the five-year wait? Does it justify mm. the 100-hour weeks that have gone into it and stuff? And, like, I I can't say one way or another. I don't... <laughs> probably not, ultimately, if it's mm. not done in a safe um, and good uh, way. But... When it comes to the game design, specifically what you were talking about about before, mm. when it comes to the cinematic style and how on rails it is, I know you're also a fan of uh, Nicky Jakey. He did yeah, a really man, yeah. good mm. um, video that we've talked about a few times on the game design of Red Dead Redemption 2 and how cinematic it is. Mm-hmm. And while I fully understand that side of the argument and found myself agreeing with a lot of points he had and a lot of points that you've made since about how it just stifles your agency within the narrative, how you can't even do the most basic things um, within missions that you could do in other games. You know, you can't venture off the the path at Mm -hmm. all. I can reconcile that with 
the missions themselves being so satisfying from a presentational standpoint and mm. from a writing standpoint. If the writing in the presentation wasn't as strong as it was, I feel like I would also feel that itch of wanting to do something else, wanting more control of the characters. But until they fail to nail that immersion, um, I'm actually fully all right with it because I would rather almost play the game as they intended because I think the end result is so good and so universally um, satisfying. That is absolutely where we diametrically oppose because the I don't want that. I, I want uh, I want mission goals and I want to figure out how to do it. I, I get the most satisfaction out of doing my own weird as uh, a Rube Goldberg style machine of just like this becomes this becomes this this sets this off this sets this on fire um, and this blows this up while I'm round the corner doing something else. And like, I love improvising those set pieces on the spot, like making my own set piece kind of thing. It's like, you can set things, for me, they've not, they went so down the cinematic route, especially in GTA 5. Like I mentioned that shipping containers mission, cause that was just playing that after growing up with all of G all of the GTAs and just going like, what, what is this? Like, what are you doing? I get that you're maybe trying to get across the, the potential drudgery of that work, I guess. I was just like, what is this? Compared to just how freeform those older games were. But like I said, there is that Dan Hauser interview where he was like, well, that was how we had to do it because that was just the rendering, the reality of rendering at the time. Um, and they always wanted to do more um, scripted stuff. But yeah, like I said, we we diametrically oppose because the more you put me on rails, the more I'm going to say that that's not GTA. And so like the the old school stuff, like like I said, they had you know GTA like one, the two London expansions, GTA two, then three Vice City San Andreas. Um, even GTA 4 is still quite open-ended. Um, like, you know, you can sort of, um, you know, take a rifle with you and shoot some guy's tires out while they're trying to escape rather than have the set-piece chase mission or something like that. Um, but for me, it's that's what I want from GTA. And I, I'm really curious whether these remakes uh, affect GTA 6 or affect mm. what, like, or affect either people will play these old games, now remade, remastered, and go, oh my God, it was as empty as this. I didn't get any direction. Uh, what, am I supposed to do this with a pistol or whatever? And um, Or they'll go, oh, this is way more fun because I can... I can just have more fun with it. Like I can just sort yeah. of mess around. Um, and like I said, if you want to, you know, try and do a, an assassination with a bazooka, you absolutely can. And like, that's a whole thing. Um, Cause what's your thoughts on that? Like, do you think that it'll change the way that they like approach GTA going forward? And what do you think of like the this, this size of the cities as well? Cause they've got I... so much bigger over time too. We've talked before about map sizes, especially mm. when it comes to games like just, just cause or Far Cry 6, mm -hmm. where the map is so huge that you kind of almost treat it like a linear um, single player game. Where like you go never to the really marker. Return. Yeah, you go to yeah. the marker and you're continuing to press forward and you're never bothering about getting to know an area or really kind of like scrutinize it. For me, Rockstar, whether it was GTA 3, whether it's Red Dead Redemption 2, has always matched its scale with kind of that attention to detail. And more importantly, how it ushers the player through that map. Like, mm. yes, Red Dead Redemption 2's map and GTA 5's map is massive compared to San Andreas, Vice City or whatever. Mm. But it treats it in the same respect i think in that you get a little bit of the map and there's no fast travel apart from if you jump on a train or something like that so you're constantly having to drive or jump on a horse from point to point and you don't get well you get the whole thing immediately but you're not encouraged to just kind of like go mad and go to the other side of the map like the way that the single player missions are kind of like rolled out um gives you 
a play space to, that you get to know and then you move on and then you come back. You're mm. always revisiting. So because of that, because of that kind of really great pacing and really great structure, like even though GTA 5 City is massive, I could navigate that without the GPS. I could navigate that without oh. looking at the map. I wouldn't know all of the exact street names, obviously, but if you told me to go to a certain general area, like mm. I would know the best route to take. I would know the best streets to take. And I could do it. You know, I know those streets as much mm. as I know my, um, you know, the the village where I grew <laughs> up at this point, because they instill that sense of familiarity in you. At least they did for me mm. that um, even though it's big, it still feels small. It still feels intimate. It still feels personal in a way that you have Far Cry maps, in a way that you just cause maps, in a way that your Ghost Recon Wild, Wild, Wildlands maps just don't. Yeah, well, see, for me, I, I I can only say the truth, which is that I don't remember any of GTA V's map. Like, I mean, I, right. I knew that it was a city. I, I played the whole game. Like, I played it all through. But at no point, I remember thinking this as I was going through it. At no point could I improvise on the spot where to go, whereas I could in the mm. old GTAs. Like, there were, in the old school GTAs, like I said, three Vice City San Andreas, there were ramps that I would mentally bank, subconsciously bank, uh, when I'm in between markers. Um, and the fast travel thing is interesting because it forces you to take the map in. Um, whereas over, over the years, they've added that in and you, you don't have to bother anymore i remember when you can obviously you can take a taxi places uh in uh, vice city onwards but um i uh, yeah in, in gta 5 it just i never like i said i couldn't improvise on the spot whereas on in three vice city san andreas i was just i knew where the ramps were i knew where an alleyway was i knew what could cut a part of the the map out and i know what would make for a cool way to do that like if i'm being pursued by someone or i need to like head someone off so i can catch them and um, i can do that in a cool way in a fun way um and the old school stuff where it would cut to a slow motion ramp or it would you know like you could put the cinematic camera on and stuff like that um it just felt i don't know it felt more cohesive in a way like it just felt like they wanted you to have fun in in an improvisational way um which like you're saying it, it still came true for you but for me when they got so big uh, and the city got so big and the more they tried to mimic a real life city layout the more it started to lose me because i was just was like I, I can't, right now, I couldn't memorize an entire city of that scale. So I'm just like, I struggle a bit uh, with the impro improvisational side of it in terms of literally gameplay is happening. Where do I want to go? I, I guess, GTA 5, I guess I'll just follow the marker. I guess I'll just follow the road because right. it's all mapped out for me anyway. And uh, and I never, that mentality just didn't come across for me. When was the last time you played the original trilogy? Was it back in the 2000s? Oh God. Oh, I played um, Vice City about four years ago or something the rest <laughs> i haven't touched in about a decade right 15 years yeah what was your thoughts when you revisited vice city um that the gameplay was clunky <laughs> as anything yeah. and the world was still lovely like i still had fun missing right. around but some of the uh, actual missions were they were tough they were really tough but that's why i've been waiting for sorry to cut you off that's no. why i've been waiting for this um definitive edition or the mm. trilogy whatever you want to call it because i was actually when you were replaying them last earlier this year mm. you gave me the the taste and i was like well i'm going to do that and then the rumor started <laughs> swelling about this so i thought actually I'll, i'd rather wait and play a remastered version with updated controls because i might enjoy that more the thing that's really like curious like i said i'm really curious what the a newer audience takes to the old school mission design because a lot of them i mean the the open world crime sandbox genre was they were building it with those games so like there's a lot of and um, there's a good sort of i don't know a couple hours of um the beginning of gta 3 at least you know especially kind of thing um that are very basic missions like go here kill person go over here steal car go over here put a bomb in a car like you know things that in now would be a multi-step thing and it's yeah like if you add a newer faster game engine everything's gonna be sped up um i wonder if people will play it and go this is primitive as hell well what's 
I find really fascinating is something that really annoyed me when I was a dumb kid just trying to <laughs> cause mayhem is obviously that trilogy and I think even GTA 4 mm. um, sections as world off so you literally yes. can't go to other parts of the world until you hit a certain story mission mm-hmm. and I wonder whether that helped your sense of familiarity perhaps because you were literally limited to a certain section mm-hmm. then you were let loose to the next section and you were kind of railroaded a little bit more than you were in five or RDR1. Yeah, man, no, that, that's totally, uh, that is totally valid. I think that, like I said, that for me, it was learning, like, uh, routes, like, I still know, or I, I could map out GTA 3 right now, like, I know all those routes, and it's like finding the Banshee in the car shop down the bottom, or going to Salvatore's mansion in the north. Things that I think, like I said, you bank as you're either exploring, or you're literally going from point to point anyway. That's a really good valid point, though, that they do gate you off. Um, you know, you do start in, um, I think it's, it's Shoreside Vale is the last one you get to, but there's like Staunton, it takes a while before you get to Staunton. Uh, in the middle and so like yeah you do you're almost forced to take every bit of it in i think when you're a kid as well the opening um chunk of those games feel much bigger than they are because you're yeah. you've not and especially at the time we hadn't seen anything like that and um, so it was like i'm gonna comb every single bit of this and just see how realistic a world it, it, it is and back then it felt like that the npc all the different dialogue all the different things that people can say to you in the different cars and everything else um, but yeah, it's just, it's a hell of a thing. Like looking back now, obviously it is, it has been 20 years, um, which is kind of a crazy thing in itself. Um, but then, then bringing it back rockstar where they are now, the amount of creative staff that have left, um, and the version of GTA that we're now getting where it's still quite cartoony. It's deliberately channeling the old school box art type thing. Um, something that I love, but it's yeah. generationally like even for you and we're only separated by a few years, it doesn't necessarily click with you as much. I'm just so curious how that's going to go down. Honestly, 100%, like, it's so funny because when, before it was announced, when, like, the legit rumors came out, when, Mm. like, VGC started saying it was, I think it was Kotaku as well, was saying, like, it's going to come out in November, like, this is happening, it's on Unreal Engine, here's all the concrete details. Mm. I remember us doing the news video, and I was genuinely, like, this wasn't me performing for the camera or anything, like, I was (laughs) so excited, like, I was so excited that this thing was real, and I was going to get to return going to return to it mm-hmm. and i think it was only in that moment that i realized just how much of an impact that the games had on me not necessarily from a gameplay perspective but like the feeling of mm-hmm. the gda trilogy the memories of being a kid and exploring it like you said and i'm almost looking at it like a new game release this year like i'm looking forward mm-hmm. to it as much as i was far cry 6 guardians of the galaxy whatever the hell back for blood whatever the hell else is out <laughs> at the end of this year like i am really really excited for november 11th to try out these games and play well, them in this updated fashion. Well, I love that I also. Love. Yes, we've yes. Done almost this entire podcast without even talking about like the graphics of the new um, remaster or anything like that. Which mm-hmm. is- well, that was the thing because I, yeah, I mean, um, the thing in t- I was going to say, I really love the approach that they've taken, which reminds me of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, where you take the vast majority of that original game, but you update the controls, you update the feel of it, so it feels more modern, but you keep everything else. And I think that that's the thing that I'm going to be, again, another thing that will be curious to play this, because I think you'll rocket through the first few missions in this, because it'll just be easier to hijack a car, shoot a guy, do whatever. Um, But it is almost like a new strand. Like, the last few years, the amount of different developers that have experimented with how do we bring back the old school stuff? Do we just do a base remaster? Is it a texture overhaul? Are we doing something like the Crash Bandicoot or Spyro Trilogy, where they're remade aesthetically, and we take one of the old game's physics models and then put that across all the new ones? Um, And then Mass Effect went, okay, well, we'll kind of split the difference and then now rockstar's doing the same thing and i'm fascinated by that because how much is it going to work for someone like me who loves those old games and loves the feel of those old games um but knows that parts of them are outdated like you know your your 
accelerating on X and stuff on uh, in GTA 3. You know, you're sort of like the shooting feels terrible for the most part in most of the old GTAs unless you have a shotgun. So it's just that splitting the, that split the difference is like an interesting way to go and maybe a way that a whole bunch of other games can go going forward. Like Max Payne 1 with Max Payne 3's physics, like maybe something like that. Wow. Um, you know, there's there's ways that you can go once you've perfected that this is how we do this stuff um, going forward. Um, to end on the graphics though, the presentation, I adore that. I mean, I, I'm I'm a collect I'm a collecting figures fool, a left, right, and center. I've got AEW figures right next to me as I talk to you, and so I love the fact that Claude, the new model for Claude, just looks like his action figure. He looks like the 10th anniversary figure from um, 2011. So I I love how plastic everything looks, but I get that a lot of people don't. Yeah, I mean, I need to see it in the flesh because even mm. from that one-minute trailer, there were times and shots where I was looking at them and thinking, this looks really gorgeous. And then there were others where I was thinking, this looks really flat and not what I want at all, kind of like a mobile game. I think GTA very cartoony. 3, yeah. it is very cartoony. GTA 3 out the lot looks the best. I think that genuinely, mm. from the small amount of footage we've seen, looks stunning. Like you said, I think the character model looks incredible. I think the lighting work that they've done in the city, kind of like how moody and rainy it is, looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Love the new reflections on the cars. Love the updated models on the vehicles as well. I think GTA 3 is going to come out the best, but I'm a little bit scared of Vice City because Vice City, to me, and I'll say this now at the end of the podcast, so... <laughs> Hopefully, no one can shout at me on Twitter. It looks a little bit Fortnite-y. GTA 3 looks... No, GTA Vice City looks a little bit... I hovered over ending this call there. Carry on. Wow. That's it. it. That's my whole point. Well, see, I I saw that online. I saw that as the initial thing. What is it about it that makes you think of Fortnite? It's the kind of flatness and the lack Mm. of grime, I think. Even though the original... I might talk to you about this after it was announced. Like, Even Mm. though the original games obviously have this really angular kind of like cartoon exaggerated exaggerated aesthetic almost, Mm. um, it had a sense of griminess. It had a sense of edge to it that I think the Vice City portion is kind of lost with the the more smoothed out characters, the flatter lighting in that game especially, and it looks more... More Fortnite. I, I would a million percent say go play the original Vice City. That thing is a pastel-coloured cartoon drawing of the eighties. I agree, but I think there's there's, there's a way to do the pastel-coloured drawings, mm. the the big, bright primary colours, in a way that isn't like this. And that sounds so <laughs> weird. It's such a nebulous thing, uh, and I think it, maybe it's because Vice City was the one I've. I know the most, and it's right. the one that I've uh, played most recently. Maybe it's just because I have it's that fan favorite. Yeah, it is, certainly is. That's just the one that kind of like stuck out a little bit. I definitely, when they did the the side wipes of comparing old and new, and when they do the bit where they show the Vice City version of the Miami Strip, um, and the buildings are still very blocky, and the lighting is still quite stark, and it it doesn't have the wow factor that um, GTA 3 does. But I also, you talk about a level of grit, like I love the feeling of GTA 3, that sort of grimy, steamy, sweaty, rain-swept version of New York. I think they nail that feel. But for me, Vice City has always been this, literally, like I said, a child's drawing of the 80s. Like, it's very over the top. Up. everyone's in pastel suits um tommy vasetti i think starts in a bright blue suit so it's i guess he has the blue hawaiian shirt on the first suit you get as like a blue suit and so it's always been very over the top um i get i guess like a go-to comparison for sort of like rounded character aesthetics is fortnite style so i know what you mean um and i did like i said i didn't think that one wowed me as much as the other ones did um but yeah i'm curious what it feels like in motion because it is going to be 4k 60 it is going to have the new lighting engine there's reflections everywhere maybe something like the vice city 
uh, strip just looks better when you're driving down it uh, in an infernus or whatever it is, something where yeah. the, the light can bounce off everything. Um, but yes, come find us on Twitter. Come let us know what you think. Do you prefer the old school GTA feel or the new feel? What do you think is the best identity for the franchise overall? And um, we might put a community quiz tab poll out if I can think on before the end of today. Um, for now, though, this has been the wind-up. Hopefully you're suitably wound-up for the week. I've been Scott Tailford, joined by Josh Brown. A pleasure as always. As always, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.